Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're going to do Numbers 31, 32, Psalm 77, and John 9. I am going to jump around a little bit, so I hope you don't mind. Um, just because I was reading um, John 9, and it was just so powerful, and then I read Psalms 8. I was reading it backwards, and I just got so overwhelmed with the cool stuff that I'm just going to I'm just going to share it with you backwards. Okay, so here we go. We are in the New Testament, and Jesus heals the blind man who was born blind. Now, here's what I like about the beginning of this passage. So the um, the people who asked the questions, his his disciples, they were sincere. They were real. They weren't just like uh, living their life, and all of a sudden they came across Jesus, and they believed without any doubt or wholeheartedly or never questioned, they did question. And I love that about this. So as he went along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Right? Because if God makes everything perfect, then how could this baby have been born blind? And these are some real questions. In other words, God could handle real questions. And you may not get the answer all the time. We may not get the answer. Like, you know, why do people suffer? Um, I don't know. We may not always have the answer. But it's okay to question and wonder and ask because God will reveal things to you when you ask. So he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. What? So wait a minute. This boy had to suffer so that... Again, when you find yourself questioning in that format, you really got to check yourself because sometimes those kind of things where we go, where we start to think, wait, is God a bad guy that he would make this? If you question that, you know, that's not of God when you have that kind of question, because if God is all knowing, all wonderful, all pure, all good. There's no time. Time is all of a moment. He is everywhere. Um, He is love. He is light. He is breath. And he's all these things. Then when you entertain the thought that maybe God is a bad guy, you need to check yourself because you're being very narrow-minded or, well, honestly, ignorant. Because how can he be all these other things that the Bible says over and over and over and over and over? And then when we say, well, gee, why was this baby born blind? We may not understand on this side of heaven. Just trust that God is good. Always. God is love. He is light. He is breath. He is everywhere. Remember that part. Okay. So then um, he said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Again, Jesus is saying he is the light of the world. Um, After this, he spit on some ground, took some saliva, put it on the man's eyes, says, go jump in the pool of Siloam. And and sure enough, that's what he did. And he got his sight back. It was amazing. Well, the Pharisees heard about this and they said, send the man in. We need to, we need to check if this is true. And they said, because, okay, so then the blind man said, yep, this is what happened. He told him exactly what happened. He put mud on my eyes. He told me to go in the water. Boom. I could see. They said, what? No way. This man is not from God, for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. He healed you on the Sabbath. And then some other people will say, I don't know about that. Because if he was a sinner, how did he do these miracles? Right? So they were kind of like, not arguing, just like, I don't know, doubting each other. Um, So they continued to ask the blind man, 
well, what do you think he is? Oh, he's a prophet. So, but they, they didn't, I don't know if they didn't believe the man. They didn't believe the man. So they went to get his parents. His parents came in and said, yep, that's our son. Um, and then they started to ask him questions. They said, hey, look, here's the interesting part. They said, hey, look, he's old enough. He can answer his own questions. Why would they do that? And then you go down to another verse where they said, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. What? There was already fear brewing. The Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. So if there were rumors or they, people were starting to hear things that the, that the leaders, the Jewish leaders were kicking people out of the synagogue who believed in Jesus. So of course they were protecting themselves. So it explains why um, at the crucifixion, or no, no, not even the crucifixion, at the, um, when Jesus was in front of Pilate, why the people would not support Jesus. They were afraid, possibly. <clears throat> okay. Um, so then they asked him again. <laughs> and it's funny because the, the man kind of gets a little irritated. Like, what are you guys talking about? So they asked him again. And first of all, they said, give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He says, are you kidding me? I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a sinner or not sinner. All I can tell you is I was blind. Now I can see. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I told you again and again. What's the deal, guys? Do you want to be his disciples? That's literally what he said. Oh, that really made them mad. How dare you talk to us like that? You're one of his fellow disciples. They told him, you, um, uh, oh, no, no, no. Then they said to him, you are, yep, they said, you are his fellow disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. So then the man, in his infinite sassy wisdom, said, Okay, that's pretty remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, but he opened my eyes. So like I was blind, now I can see, but you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to people who are sinners, and he certainly doesn't work miracles through a sinner. So what's the deal? He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. Duh. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. <laughs> so he's basically confronting the Jewish leaders and the, the Pharisees and saying, are you kidding me? And they didn't like that. Get him out of here. You, they just, how dare you lecture us? Okay. Moving down to verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and he bumped into him. So they, they found out that they threw him out of the synagogue So he found the man later and said, um, you have now seen, uh, wait, 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 wait. Do you believe in the son of man? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jesus said to him, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Again, you know these Pharisees are very hypersensitive, because again, they got offended. Are you saying we're blind? 
silly, 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 insecure, little egos, um, legalistic egos can't handle anything Jesus says. (laughs) If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, you're guilty. That's so funny. Okay. Yes, my friends, that was chapter nine of John. Isn't that so good? I hope you're just like being so nourished and fed by the book of John. This is one of the best books in the entire Bible. That's why I'm taking so much time to go through these amazing chapters. So good. Okay. So we're going to move, go backwards and we are now at Psalms 77. Now remember yesterday, Psalm 76 was like victory, like God wins and we won this war and God's the greatest, right? Okay. I don't know how much time between Psalm 76 and Psalm 77, but these people are distressed. They're heartbroken, burdened, maybe depressed, maybe anxiety, very much a great chapter. Um, You know how like sometimes when you're really sad and what do we do? We go listen to music that's really sad. Why would we do that? I don't know. It just feels our heart. Like, if we're sad, shouldn't we be listening to some, like, happy music? But no, we don't. We pick the sad music that really relates, that we can connect with. That's kind of what this chapter is about. So I'll read a little bit. I I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years long ago. I remember my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked. And it just goes on and on. And he's just sharing the anguish. Um, Okay, well, this is important verse. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed me for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is great as our what God is great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. So good. And then it just goes on and on a little bit. Um, and it's just someone in distress sharing their heart. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to pour out our heart in good times and in bads. Yes, worship and praise. Yes, be in gratitude. But pour out your heart. Certainly cry out to God your pains and your burdens because you can't carry that. You can't even physically carry it on your body. It'll make you sick. God says, give it to, just give it up, give it to the Lord. And that's what he's doing in Psalms 77. One thing I want to point out is he mentions the word meditate a lot in this chapter and, um, meditate that word meditate has been twisted and abused and treated harshly when really meditation is just a practice. It's a tool actually. So it's not good or bad. It's like saying that the word worship is bad because you can worship money. You can worship idols. You can worship whatever. So does that mean the word worship is bad or good? No. If you worship, if you use worship to worship God, it's good. If you use worship to worship something else like money or car, then it's bad. If you use meditate, which means focusing on a thought or a word or, or, thought and 
without distractions, eliminating all the distractions, just being still, being quiet and focusing. Um, so you can meditate on God's word for sure. You can meditate on a word for sure. And it just helps you clear your mind. So I thought that was very cool. So going backwards as we are doing, I'm kind of getting the hang of this going backwards thing, which is not my style because I like things in order, but I'm feeling okay. So we're going to move on to numbers 31 and 32. In chapter 31, it starts off very strong. It says, the Lord said to Moses, take vengeance on the Midianites for the Israelites. After that, you will be gathered to your people. So you go, well, gee willikers, what did the Midianites do? So the Midianites and the Moabites, they had formed like an allegiance against Israel. And they tried a lot of deceptive things. Um, the, I think it was the Moab, yeah, the Moabite women went in and tempted the Israelite men and brought them back to their, um, their, their worship of Baal and their sexual, um, ceremonies and prostitution. And so they were doing that. And then that's when that plague came along. So there was a lot of sin that just literally like, like a plague in the Moabites and the Midianites of just evil and sin. So they needed to be destroyed, right? So, um, and so God basically tells them how to go out and fight against the Midianites. And they did just that. And they fought against the Midianites as the Lord commanded and killed every man. Um, they even killed the king, the five kings of Midian and Balaam, remember him, Balaam, son of Beor with a sword. So he's gone. He's done. However, you know, whenever there's battle, yes, they, they kill the men. Maybe they leave some of the women. Maybe they steal stuff, keep for themselves. A lot of weird things happen in battle. Sure enough, the Bible's going to go into detail of who kept what, that kind of thing. And um, here, I think this is Moses who says, have you allowed all the women to live? He asked, he asked them. They are the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the pure incident so that the plague struck the Lord's people. Now kill all the boys and kill every woman who has, who has slept with a man, but save yourselves every girl who has never slept with a man. Why? I do not know. Not even going to go there. Um, anyone who has killed someone or touched someone who has killed must. Okay. So remember whenever you, you, you remember when God says, Oh, by the way, if someone dies, you have to go do X, Y, and Z to purify yourself, stay out of the camp for so many days. Remember we talked about that in early in the book of numbers and it made no sense. Like why, why is he saying that in preparation, preparation, preparation? Here we are right now. These men went to battle and now they have to stay out of the camp for a period of time. Plus, they brought in all the plunder, the gold and the silver and the bronze that need to be put into the fire because those things are ceremonious. They do have a spirit on them. So they need to be burned in the fire so that they can be purified and also purified and cleansed with water. So things do carry a spirit. Things are symbolic, yes, but things also carry a spirit and they need to be purified. So they, they did that. And then um, there was a lot of cattle and um, things that needed to be divided up. So God told them how to divide it up amongst the people who fought in the war and also the Levites, that kind of thing. So it goes into detail. The, another part I don't understand is um, there were 32,000 women who never slept with a man that were captured. 
Now, I would personally ask, yes, but aren't they Midianites? Aren't they still carrying that sinful bloodline? So that's my question. I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it. I'm just telling you like it is. Um, And why were they divided up? What, just to be slaves? Or don't know. Anyway, so moving right along. Chapter 32. Um, ah, yes, the Reubenites and the Gadites said, hey, you know, we got lots of herds and flocks. Do you mind if we don't go across the Jordan and we just hang out here? It's like, why don't you just leave us here and we're going to start our lives and our family and yeah, just leave us alone. And okay, well, that didn't please God so much. And he said, oh, really? Um, Oh, Moses said to the Gadites and the Reubenites, should your fellow Israelites go to war while you sit here? Why do you discourage the Israelites from coming across, from crossing over in the land the Lord has given them? This is what your father did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. Okay. Oh, so the Lord's anger, I moved down to verse 10. The Lord's anger was aroused that day and he swore this oath. Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old or more, when they came up out of Egypt, will see the land I promised on the oath to Abraham. So it's the people who were 20 years old or older when they came out of Egypt. It's those people who will not go into the promised land. Um, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Only Caleb and... Who else? Caleb and, oh shoot, can't remember the other guy's name. Was it Joshua? Anyways, I don't know why it's not coming to my mind right now. Okay, um, basically you'll wander in the wilderness. Yes, we know that for 40 years. Um, what else? So, but the Reubenites and the Gadonites said, oh, maybe it was misunderstood course it wasn't misunderstood they're like okay you know what we changed our mind how about this let us set up our tent here on this side of the jordan and we're going to start our lives our communities our flocks and we're going to leave them all here and then we're going to arm our men and we're going to go fight with you and help you get your territory on the other side of the jordan that's what he told moses like okay and they said we promise so that's a vow they made a vow that we're going to go fight with you on the other side of the jordan or fight with you basically to get your land that you inherited and then when when it's all done you got your stuff we're going to come back and we're going to live on this side which where where our families are and our flocks and and such okay that was numbers 31 32 psalm 77 john 9 a little bit shorter this time but i hope you're enjoying it because it's such a powerful powerful um passage and just keep reading keep pressing on if you skip days that's okay read a little bit every day or just catch up where we're at or start where we're at. doesn't really matter. You're feeding your soul. Anytime you get into the Bible, anytime you read, you're feeding your soul, even if it's something you don't understand, like the names of descendants. Why is that important? It's not really important on a logical sense. It's important to your spirit. And it shows God that you are committed and that you are faithful that you can be trusted. And if he can trust you with reading the Bible a little bit at a time, he can trust you with more. That's what it's about. Reading the Bible on a daily basis, going through this, is just the same way the Israelites had to follow these festivals or these um, 
these details on making sacrifices to the Lord. It wasn't for God exactly. It was for them to show their obedience, to show their, to strengthen their obedience, to strengthen their perseverance, to strengthen their commitment, and to just really grow their spirit and their heart posture. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. When you read your Bible a little bit every day and really get into it to try to understand, that's what you're doing. You're showing God that you can do the same thing just like the Israelites. So hope you enjoyed that. Have a great day.